I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our scripture today is taken from the book of Proverbs, verses 31 to 33. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. was a CEO who had just been hired and she was moving into our office. She wanted to make sure that everybody knew how important and powerful she was in the company. 
staff member walked in as she was getting settled in her office and she immediately picked up her phone and said, yes, president, thank you for calling so much. That is a wonderful idea. Anytime that I can offer you advice, please don't hesitate to call. And she hung up. Staff members was standing there and, and she said, now what can I do for you? And sheepishly, the staff member said, well, I'm here to hook up your telephone. <laughs> Deception abounds. <laughs> and unfortunately, it abounds in the church as well. We try to deceive each other, deceive ourselves, deceive the world. Lee Strobel has a wonderful story that impacted his life. And if you've heard of Lee Strobel, he is the author of now 20 books, his first being a classic called A Case for Christ, where he proves things. One of his more recent ones is A Case for Miracles. But Lee Strobel was, at this time in the 1980s, he was a legal advisor, and he wrote for the Chicago Tribune. And he was an enthusiastic non-believer. <laughs> but he went to church with his wife, who was newly converted to Christianity, just to appease her. And there he shows up a skeptical unbeliever, and he said his hypocrisy antenna went up. And he said he looked around for anyone who was being false, who anyone who was being deceptive, who was not being truthful. And he said he was looking very aggressively for these things because you see, if he could find hypocrisy in the church, which he had heard about and was understanding was inside the church, then it would justify him to reject the church and reject Christianity. Fortunately for us and Lee Strobel, he found some authentic Christians in the church. But he's not the only one that was pointing fingers at the church. There are still people today that say, well, I don't really want anything to do with the church. They're just full of hypocrites who preach one thing and do another thing. And we can rename that. We say things like, well, we're just a work in progress. God isn't finished with me yet. God isn't finished with us. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a country club for saints. Come and join us. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> but we have these renaming, and they seem pretty harmless. They are true, right? All of that's the truth. And renaming is something that's practiced wide and broad. So why not as a part of Christianity? For example, we have renaming of different foods. There was a toothfish in chili. And the toothfish in chili was kind of an oily fish that the natives really didn't enjoy at all. But a marketer, an importer, went in and decided to rename it. 
It's the Chilean sea bass. It is now so popular in America, the fish has almost gone extinct because it was renamed from originally being the tooth fish. The Chinese gooseberry wasn't selling. Another importer got the FDA to rename it the kiwi fruit, a very popular fruit these days. Also, the dolphin fish, not related to the mammal, the dolphin. However, the name was prohibitive. People just did not want to eat a dolphin, knowing that it was a mammal. So it was renamed Mahi Mahi. Very popular, right? And the last in Canada, there was an oil being produced from a rapeseed plant. Well, you can imagine rapeseed oil wasn't very popular and didn't sell very much. So it was renamed canola oil. It's from the rapeseed plant. Renaming can seem harmless. In fact, it can even seem helpful, right? However, for Christians, for us personally, when we begin to rename where we are in our Christianity and call ourselves just simply a work in progress, it can be dangerous for us. Because it leads to some self-denial. It leads to a lack of self-awareness in ourselves. We tend to lose our authenticity because, you see, a work in progress means, means that we need to be working at it. We need to be working at our relationship with God. And often it's just... Uh, platitude that we say. I'm a work in progress. I don't really have to do anything. I just need to admit that, right? Not true. An authentic Christian is someone who is authentic from the inside out. Our picture up here is of a diamond. Jewelers have many ways to tell whether a diamond is authentic or not. And in today's culture, that's a really important thing because our market is flooded with false diamonds. And so to make sure that you have the real thing, you go to a jeweler just to make sure it is what it's professed to be. And there are certain tests that a jeweler will do to make sure the diamond is a true diamond, and also whether it is a diamond of value or not. And one of those tests is whether it refracts light and how it refracts the light, shines the light from it. It should have kind of a prism type effect, and a jeweler can tell exactly how important and how valuable the diamond piece is because of the way it shines and refracts the light. The other is that it is strong. You see, a diamond is the strongest stone there is. You've heard of a diamond-cut saw? 
it's because the saw is actually made of diamonds in order to be able to cut through anything. And so we have diamonds that are both refracting light and they are strong. Those are the two primary tests that a jeweler will use to determine whether one is true or fake. And you see, as Christians, we can use those standards as well to tell whether a Christian is authentic or fake as to how we reflect, how we allow the light of the world to shine through us from the inside out just like a diamond. How strong we are, whether we base who we are in times of difficulty, if we are grounded in our faith in a way that shows, that steers us through difficult times, and we don't just cave in at the first difficulty or tragedy that we face. We allow God to work in us from the inside out. That's being an authentic Christian. And you see, Jesus understood this. He knew the proverb that we read this morning, and our proverb may seem a little odd for this, talking about having gray hair as a crown of righteousness. Solomon wrote these proverbs. Solomon reigned over Israel for 40 years, and he was known as the king of wisdom. And we learn about him. If you want a snapshot of his life, go to 1 Kings. And in 1 Kings chapter 4, begin with verse 29 and read through verse 34. Those few verses will give you a big picture of this wonderful king who was very, very wise. And in verse 32, it tells us that Solomon wrote over 3,000 wise sayings, Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs that we have are 513 of the most important of those 3,000 wise sayings of Solomon. And so this is important. We have in Proverbs chapters 16 through 22. That section is a section that tells us how to live with each other and how to live so that we honor God. And what this basically is saying in kind of a fanciful way is that someone who is authentic is one who allows God to work in their life no matter what age or stage of life they are in. They allow God to work through them. Jesus knew about the reality of being authentic. He talks a lot about this in his message throughout the Gospels, and he talks about being salt and staying salty. He talks about being the light and not being hidden away so that others see the light 
that exists in us from the inside out, the light of the world. He also talks about in Gospel according to Luke, in chapter 6, verse 43, he talks about no good tree bears bad fruit. No bad tree bears good fruit. They each bear their own kind. And you see, Jesus understood, Jesus taught that when we are authentic, we live as authentic people. We live as if God is at the center. And the way that we identify authentic Christians, one is that they are God-centered, not me-centered. That we can get rid of the me-centering. We work at keeping God at the center because, you see, everything in life wants to push God off-center, one way or the other. If, if the world can get God out of the center of our life, they have succeeded in keeping God out of the world. And so we live as if God is in the center of our life and not us. And folks, we don't do that on our own. We do that by sharing with one another. Jesus Christ established the church so that we would have each other to go to. And do you know when you share with another, when you share what's going on inside of you, it is actually easier to care for others. Let me say that again. When you share what is going on on the inside of you, it is easier to care for others. There are times in my own personal experience where I have shared what I have been through at different stages in my life. It may be struggles, it may be successes, but it helps me relate to someone else. It helps me to hear someone else's story. It helps me to share how God might lift them up as God had lifted me in those times. We also need to be self-aware. To be aware of who we are. You see, we really don't know where we have God placed in our life unless we're aware of who we are. And we can tune into who God wants us to be. God has a plan for each of us. And the plan doesn't end at a certain, it doesn't end at retirement age. <laughs> it doesn't begin when we reach a certain age in school. God has a plan for each one of us for our entire life. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And our creator has a plan for us. And we get to choose to follow that plan or not. And probably the most important fruit of being authentic is truth and trust. We trust. When we are authentic, we can learn to trust ourselves, the decisions that we make, because we know that we are trusting our God. And we can learn to trust each other. Trust is probably one of the hardest pieces here. It always has been. It's kind of like that story of the tightrope walker that went across Niagara Falls and he pushed the wheelbarrow over the tightrope that he was walking on. And before he left the platform, he said, do you trust that I can make it across Niagara Falls with this wheelbarrow? And yes, yes, we believe you can do that. And so off he went. Turned around and came back. Then he asked the crowd, since you believed and trusted that I could go across with the wheelbarrow, who wants to climb in? (laughs) Different, isn't it, when it comes to personally hopping in? But that's the kind of trust we need to offer God. It may look risky, might look pretty shaky, but that's the kind of trust that God is inviting us to share with him. To be truly authentic and connected to our God means to share that with him. To trust God so that we can truly trust ourselves and trust others as well. So we are invited to be authentic, to learn who we are and by God's grace give up those things we are not, to be authentically who God has called us to be and allow God to reveal that in us fully to ourselves and each other.